a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Welcome listeners to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode where today I'm joined by a lady, a lady by the name of Alison Arnoff, all the way from Los Angeles in the United States of America. A very warm welcome to you, Alison. Hello, Paul and your audience. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. And I believe you want to talk to us today, uh, Alison, and share with us some insights of why it's important to live your values. Definitely, definitely. You know, one of my coaches had the great line is that when you live life to your values, life works. And when you don't, it doesn't. And that's been a big part of my journey and the journey I work with my clients on to, to make sure we're, we're living our values. Hmm. So define for us, Alison, I suppose a good starting point. Define for us what, what your understanding, your interpretation of values are. Yeah, to me, it's it's it's. I call them your north stars. These are the these are your foundational points in your life that uh, define who you are, how you interact with the world, with your family, your friends, your business. That uh, fill you up and make you feel like you are um, living the life you're supposed to be living. Okay, so. That's that's basically why it's important to have those. It kind of gives us that sense of uh, purpose. Is that is that the right way to put it? You know that whole kinds of raison d'être, that way of being, <laughs> gives us some fuel, doesn't it? It does, and I like to call them the North Star because you know, without any navigation, you can always find your way home knowing your North Star. And so I look at values as similar to your North Star. That if you understand them and know what they are, you'll always find your way back. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of the things this is slightly um, off the track here, Alison, but I think it's relevant because I've put it out there or quoted it on more than one occasion that in terms of meeting our needs, we will compromise our values to meet our needs. What's your personal thoughts around that? Well, I think that a lot of times we think we have to do that. And the question is, do we have to? And so one of the things we look at is what are your values? And maybe on a scale of one to 10, what are you living them at? And where do we want to get them to? And is there a possibility of an and instead of an or? Mm -hmm. We sometimes think we have to have this or that. And the work is to figure out how to create an and instead. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Give us a bit of background then, Alison, on why why this is so important to you personally. You know, what's kind of fueled you, what's inspired you, what's given you that North Star to do the work that, uh, you know, you now have found yourself doing? Um, I, yeah, definitely. So, you know, my background is I, uh, I'm an engineer. I started my career as, as an engineer and loved it. 
it was everything I wanted it to be. And then I moved into uh, support engineering roles and then sales and marketing and technology roles. And sometimes I loved it and other times I really did not, but it paid ridiculously well and I was good at it. And so it was, and it just kept the family, you know, was expect expectations from the family to work for these good companies. Um, but I started realizing at my last few jobs that I was miserable. Um, I did not enjoy going to work. I um, started, you know, being more stressed, more angry, um, just wasn't doing a good job for them or for me. And then I had a, a death in the family and took some time away and decided not to go back. I literally went to the jungles of Guatemala and Belize for a week to clear my head after everything and mm -hmm. came back and said, you know, um, this isn't it anymore. It was at some point, but, you know, making money was not a number one value for me. And I really needed to rethink what was important to me and what was I good at and what do I love doing. And so sadly, it took a death to in my life to have a wake up call. But it also was a pivotal point to now probably being the happiest I've been professionally in my whole career. Because mm. profession, that professional aspect that you allude to there, obviously, because that's uh, you know, potentially a big part of our life, has such a massive knock on, doesn't it, to our own personal life then? It does. I mean, it's, it's, you, you can't put your, this much time into something every day and not have it bleed over into, into your life. I mean, unless you're a robot. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of um, your values, I mean, I often hear people say, um, Alison, you know, how many values should we have that, you know, that, that word should, you know, what, what's a kind of guide, a guide for us, if you will, to have that guiding star? You know, do we have one really big one? Do we have five or six? I mean, what's the kind of, uh, what's your take on that? You know, great question. I, I don't look at it as a number. The work I do with my clients is our, our first session, we do some deep value mining and we create value strings. So I'm more concerned about the depth of the value versus the number of them. For example, you and I both might have a value of integrity, but it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to both of us. Mm. And so for me, I work with the clients to maybe come up with up to anywhere between six and 12 values but we really flush them out. So they're not just a cliche word like integrity or freedom or money. Um, because is it money because I want to be wealthy? Is it money because I want to provide for my family? Is it money because I want to have money to give back? And so to really understand the depth, and I call it the whole string of the value versus the quantity to me is more important. Yeah, that qualitative side. Yeah, I hear you. So... Do, do they change, Alison? I mean, you know, we might have a... Um, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. We might have a number one value of... Okay, okay let's use the one you've used there. Integrity. Is that the one that's evergreen? Will that stay with us today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after, the year after? Or is are these values transient? Are they tools for us to... Not to use, that's the wrong word, but to serve us um, depending on what particular you know, phase or dynamic or scenario we're finding? Or is, it, or is it that actually, no, a value is a value because it stood the test of time and it's deep-rooted? You know, such a great question. And I think the answer uh, is both, right? I think there are some core values like integrity um, 
for me has been a value my entire life. But, you know, making money at a different point in life was more important or um, being involved in technology or security can be at different points. And so where now I have a value of freedom, that's really important. It wasn't as important maybe in my 20s or 30s. And so I think there's, uh, there are transient values and there are just core values of who you are as a person. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think you have a little bit of both. And that's because we, we grow and evolve as people. You know, you, when you become a parent, you're going to add some additional values because now you have these lives that are probably more important than your own. So uh, some of your values before might have been a little more selfish, and now they're, they're not. Um, when you have aging parents, your values might change and so or get expanded. So I do believe there's critical junctures in our life that will evolve our values. Mm, yeah. And, you know, when... I'm interested in your thoughts, Alison, because in a previous life, I used to write values uh, as part of organisations' corporate social responsibility policies. Mm. And and I'm going back a good few years now, you know, maybe 15, 20 years. And I think it's fair to say, well, I can only sort of speak from my own experience. In those days, there was a lot of lip service on paper that was paid. You know, we'd say the right things, you know, particularly within the corporate world, we'd use the right buzzwords and this, that and the other. But I found that more recently, in latter times, there's a change where people are actually upholding their values. They're taking those values to the hearts rather than there being fancy buzzwords on piece of paper. Has that been your experience? Yes and no. I... Um... I think that there is, in general, um, a more mindfulness of the people is becoming more and more important. That by taking care of the people, I will take they'll take care of the company. So I, I think in in the tech space, I've seen it in some companies and others still very disappointing that no matter what they put on the sheet, the number one value is money. Uh, but I do believe there is an awakening of uh, in the corporate world. They're now having more mindful programs. They're bringing in. They're bringing in things to take care of the whole person in the company. So I do think we're moving that way. And and I wish we were moving faster in that way. And I think it really is on the individual when they're interviewing to do some really deep dives. Um, I've worked for some companies that had the lip service. And then in person, once I was there, the values were completely different than what was expressed to me. So we all owe ourselves to talk to people who work in the company, get on sites like Glassdoor, um, and do the work to see if they are having integrity with what they put on paper and what they're living inside the company so that you can find a company that aligns with your values. So is the trick here, Alison, is that to, as people, first and foremost, whether it was CEO, a CFO, a chair, it doesn't matter what we are. First and foremost, we're human beings, aren't we? So isn't the trick here to actually dig down and find out what that person truly, truly believes in? Because we know that obviously different values can uh, prevail for you know personal, professional reasons, but surely there has to be a strong alignment. If I'm the owner, the founder, the chief exec of a, of a company, Surely if there's a conflict between my personal values and my uh, company values, something will give. Yeah, that's a tough situation, right? Because you could be working for a good company that provides, you know, good benefits. You have, you know, family you have to take care of. And that value is more important than maybe you're willing to take care of your family more than take care of yourself. 
And, you know, so I, I don't live in a, uh, a fantasy world that you can say, well, go find a new place because it's not that easy, right, when you have bills to pay and mouths to feed. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to try to find a way inside that world to, to still live in your values and theirs at the same time so that mm-hmm. you don't lose yourself. Because as we started at the beginning of the conversation, it can bleed over into your life. If you come home at the end of the day feeling like you've been out of alignment and not true to yourself all day, it is, it's very difficult for it not to come home with you. But that, yeah. and, that's, and that's some of the work you might have to get support uh, through that process. Uh, until it maybe makes sense to find something that's in better alignment. Mm. Yeah. So what's what's the kind of key message that uh, you'd leave to the world then uh, in terms of specifically values? Because there's, there's a couple of other questions I want to, uh, big questions I want to ask you subsequent to that. But in terms of just keeping this, this uh, focus on the values, you know, if you was to leave one important message to the world, Alison, around values, what would that be? Um, it would be to know your values and really believe that you can be living in all of them together, that you don't have to sacrifice to to live in your values, that the, you can find a way to to make it work. Hmm. Okay. And from that quite specific value-focused question, I'd like to move on now to, to say, in a more generic sense, what would be your biggest insight, share, experience, message, call it what you will, to leave to the world, Alison, in terms of mastering the game of life? <laughs> well, I think there are so many voices telling you what your life is supposed to be, mm-hmm. whether it's your family, your, your, the business, the, the pressures, the, the, the press, uh, the television. And it really is to, for me, mastering the game of my life was to, to figure out what really makes me happy and to live a life of doing that. And so it really is to believe that you can take care of all those responsibilities you have in your life and still live in your values and still be happy that, you know, sometimes you have to compromise a little bit, but that you can make it work if you turn off the voices of everybody else and listen to the voice inside of your head and the truth inside your head and your heart. Mm. Superb, superb. So in terms of people reaching out to you, Alison, finding out more about you, uh, the work you do, who you are, how, how, uh, what's, your, what's your primary contact detail? How can people reach out to you? Yeah, so my brand is Dare to Be Coaching. Uh, it's about daring people to be the best version of themselves, being brave enough to live into their values, being brave enough to find their own voice. And so it's dare, the number two, becoaching.com is my website. And to contact me, it's just my first name, um, Allison, with one L at daretobe.com, daretobecoaching.com. Superb. Alison, I'd like to thank you for the, um, you know, giving you time and sharing your insights and coming on this podcast episode around why it's important to live your values. I think we've had a, you know, we've kind of crossed over from the personal to the professional and, you know, hopefully there's some insights in there that people can relate to. Um, I know from my own point of view, certainly some of the questions um, that I've that I've reflected of those of people that, uh, you know, they're genuine questions that, you um, that, um, you know, raise their heads quite, at least semi-consistently. So, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for being part of this podcast. And 
All that remains now, listeners, is for me to say that, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing your hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 